Could all the hauntings in a house be a hoax? A haunted clock that has no mechanisms inside of it to make it ring, but it still does. Every time, a male in the family dies. Those stories and many more on today's episode of the Gloomy Star Podcast. I'm your host, Henry Belbury.
Alien of Toir, a fine fragrance. Alien of Toir is available by emailing gloomystar.ghost.gmail.com. Alien Vatoir, the essence of green aliens. Ghost Dior, a fine fragrance. Find Ghost Dior by emailing gloomystar.ghost at gmail.com. Ghost Dior, the essence of fear. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, today's episode is just going to be ghost stories. I have three ghost stories. Um, and by what I told you just now, I just read the top two paragraphs. So really, don't expect me to know everything about the stories. So there's probably something wrong with them. Because in the beginning, I just read the stories like the tiny bit and like, Okay, this is what it's about, and I'm not going to tell them all about the story. So, yeah, that's what I told you. Um, A few things to go over. I will be coming out with an Easter episode. It's not going to be really ghost stories or anything. It's going to be more like fun stuff. I have a lot of stuff planned, and I have been working on it for like two months. Um, I'll just give you like what it's kind of going to be. Is (laughs) So, um, it was just completely a ghost podcast that's two more okay um it was just a ghost podcast before and out but i now did murders and um alien stories um so i counted every time i said ghost there's another one in every single episode um i'm not gonna tell you what it is and i'm gonna play every time i said ghost on the episode Yes, it might take a little while, like five to seven minutes, just of me saying ghost. There's only been 32 episodes, and I don't know how many times I'm saying ghost in every single episode. Must be a lot. Um, also, um, sorry, I haven't done a podcast in like two weeks. I've been doing school at home, and... I just really haven't, like, got to the time. Like, I had the time to do it, but I wasn't really, like... My podcast wasn't the top thing on my mind because I had so much... So many other things to do. Um, well, I don't want to get into the ghost stories right now. About the music that you just heard? Um, I'm sorry it was, like, four minutes long, but I kind of want to use that as my, um like intro now because i kind of like the music it's kind of weird though and unsettling but you need to be unsettled for this episode just so you feel better because i actually i listened to it like 10 minutes ago and i'm I'm, it didn't scare me but it kind of like put me off and i'm still kind of shaking a little bit it's a little weird um just it's weird um (laughs) this is something funny I listened to my first episode, like, a few days ago, just to see, like, how much, how different it was, and it is, it was so much different, it's, it's a lot better now, I hope that everybody thinks that, but I thought it was a lot better now, because the quality now is so much better than it used to be, because now I have 
had been through two microphones, and when I be- when I, I began, I had got the podcast app that day, and I said, I told my mom, I'm going to go record a podcast. So I just typed in ghost stories on a computer and started reading them on the ground with my mom's phone up to my um, mouth. And now I have this desk and this microphone that has this arm thing. And then I have a computer and a laptop and an iPad for all my podcast stuff. So... I think it will probably pick up here pretty soon, like, people listening to it. I was looking at my thing, and there's just been so many people that are, like, from different countries listening to my podcast, which I thought was a little weird. Um, it is pretty weird. And when I, you can go to check, um, where people listen to it. First, it asks you which planet you want to look at, and... For some reason, all of my listeners from are from Earth, which I thought was quite weird since I'm doing alien stories, and none of the aliens are listening to my bo- podcast on Jupiter. <sighs> oh, and those um, commercials at the beginning of today's episode, you might have thought they were kind of weird too. Um, those were actually um, so you could know about my bath bombs that I made for the podcast. What did I call them again? I think I called one Ghost Dior and the other one, um, Alien Avatar. <laughs> I try to make them, like, as a funny thing, but I'm actually selling the bath bombs in those since. So you can buy those if you email gloomystar.ghost at gmail.com subject line bomb, bath bombs. <laughs> And if you want to get shirts, you can email the same email, but subject line shirts, and I can get you all up, and we can get it set up to, you can do however you want to pay me, like Apple Pay, Google Pay, PayPal, and then I'll just send the shirts to your house. That's pretty easy. Um, Also, go become a ghost hunter on Patreon. Um, it's only $10 a month. You get one extra episode a week. Um, you get deals on merch, so you'll get, like, 50% off or something. Um, you'll be able to get into exclusive, um, giveaways, which I just started one, I think, two weeks ago, where I gave something away that's just for them. Um, so go over there and please do that. Um... I really like recording those episodes, and I sadly, my first episode that I did for it, I did one of the stories I was going to do for the Easter episode, but now I'm not going to do ghost stories anymore, so yeah. It was the Bunny Man murders. They're not, I don't think they're, it's actually a myth, so it's not a myth, it's folklore, and we don't know if it's actually real or not. Um, so, if you want to go check out that, you could just Google it, and you'll probably get some information about that. They're pretty interesting, and they're pretty scary, and I kind of like them. I like, um, a lot of things, so, yeah. And if you didn't see, I changed my, um, background. Not the background, the cover art. So, go look at that. I like it. Um... I had to do, like, three reversions because I didn't like it, like, the first three times. So, 
that took a few times and tries. I'm particular. Um, also, go check out my two other podcasts, the Sleepy Star Podcast and the Useless Information Podcast, which will also be coming out with um, Easter episodes. For the Useless Information Podcast, I'm doing um, the where I'm doing the bunny, the Easter bunny, and if you didn't know, he's actually meditates a lot, and that's how he keeps his cool. Um. So, yeah. Let's get into the stories for today. Because I've just been talking for a straight eight minutes. And now my throat is getting dry. If only I had some water. Okay. Faces in the windows. And just so you know, before I did these, I did a lot of research on these stories that I'm going to do today. I did, like, an hour apiece on each one. So, I'm going to mention myself a tiny bit. I think in some of them. I'm not really sure. Let's just get into it. Faces in the Windows. In 1871 and 1872, people in Ohio and San Francisco reported a number of unusual phenomena attributed to ghosts. Could mysterious human faces appearing in window panes really be um, spectral phenomena? In May 1871, the Chicago Times reported that for, for, for months, the cities of Millen and Sandusky, Ohio, were the focus of interest because images of human faces had appeared in a number of glass windows in various buildings. All the clippings from the newspaper archives report that the faces looked like an early type of photography known um, as deugrophotype, but slightly imperfect. On inspecting the afflicted glass frames, the Chicago Times correspondent wrote, the first appearance of the glass in a stony steel um, color with a dull ashen color. well, blah, 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 with a dull ashton color. Or it had some appearance of water that had tar or crude oil mixed with it. One can only see the oily substance floating over the top of the water, giving it a very variety of colors. Does this suggest that in what actually could form of effect created by a hoaxer, this correspondent continued. When the discoloration of the glass is first noticed, there is no clearly defined outline of a human face. But gradually, day by day, in the center of the discolored appearance, a face begins to shape a form, until it requires no stretch of the imagination in order to see the well-defined features of an individual who appears to be looking out of the window from his room within. Strangely, if you entered the room to look at the face in the window, nothing could be seen. In several cases, the faces appeared on the on the wind sides of deserted houses, although there were a few that were occupied. The plainest picture 
um, that of a middle-aged man upon the window of an old building in North Millen, across the Huron River. It was built for a hotel and used for the purpose um, for a long time, but it was failing into decay. Now, and now is used as a dwelling house and occupied by a Mr. Horner, Deacon Ashley, a member in good standing by the Presbyterian Church, um, and a worthy man, keeps a jewelry store on the south side of the square in Millen. One of these pictures um, commenced to show itself upon one of the upper windows of his store. The deacon um, protested, but day by day it continued to develop into the features of um, of a woman that deacon called in the service of a soap and sand, but that would not integrate it, and finally disappearing or disposing it in another way, he took paint and a brush and hit it and painted it painted over it. A number of weeks later letting it wait no that wrong line letting it remain so for a number of weeks and then removing the paint from the glass. When he found that it was still there, as plain as ever, now he had come to the conclusion to let to leave it alone. As he says, it is growing plainer every day, so that one can see the ruffles around the border of the woman's cap. The Exchange Motel in Millen has two pictures. One resembled a major marsh who died after leaving the military. The other picture has three female figures who seem to be holding a man suit a man who was seen holding three female children Um, the town soon gained um, notary for the pictures and people from all over the country came to see the famous faces in the windows the new york times also wrote about the faces although they were with a more skeptical tone scarcely in memory of the man have earthquakes been more general, tornadoes tornadoes, more frequent or more fierce, or floods more destructive? Near any time, have we had more wonderful seers um, prospering evil to come and to complete our uneasiness? Those unaccountable faces which had fondly hope were indigenous to the window panes or may Malin appear to be spreading themselves over the entire state of Ohio and and bid far to the convert every street in the county into a um, spectacle art gallery. That was a weird story. I don't know really what that is exactly. And I couldn't really listen to it while I was reading it because I'm trying to read it my best. Um, but Larry, my glasses keep just kind of falling down. Um, but I really don't know what that is. Maybe it's because I've heard of pictures being able to be printed on glass. I'm not trying to disprove this as something paranormal, but I've just heard of this that you can like print pictures on glass 
and it kind of like turns it it like but you know how they used to do pictures like in the 1800s it like it's yeah it's just like that but it takes like days to develop so kind of like a polaroid camera but on glass um that's what i think it might have been if not something paranormal we never know um if you want to send in your ghost stories or your alien stories or you have any murders in your town or some murders that you just want me to talk about email me at gloomystar.ghost at gmail.com um just you know there's no spaces no capitals and yeah that's what it is um i guess we can go on to the next story Wait, is this the right one? Uh, yep. Okay, well, let's get into it. The Haunted Bedstead. <laughs> I don't really know what a bedstead is, but I'm, I'm thinking like a bed side? I'm not really sure. We'll probably see after we read the story. This is a story from an anom- anom- Oh no, this is my- worst word I can't say. Anonymous. But prominent merchant and baker from Gloverton, Texas, um, who related this story to a journalist in 1889. In the 70s. The 1870s, not the 1970s. 1870s. Sometime, I began, I began, I began to the protector of a hotel in North Texas town, situated on the Houston and Texas central border. On taking position of the establishment, I found that a new supply of furniture was needed, so I ordered a number of bedroom seats from the New Orleans. From New Orleans. <laughs> they were secondhand um, for the most part, but in excellent repair. One bed stand Wait. One beds, whatever. We're gonna call them bed bombs. One bed bob was really hand, really handsome, in a heavy old-fashioned style, with much elaborate carving. And I was surprised to find that it, the cost was less than a third of what I thought it was supposed to be. Inspecting the bed bob. I noticed that the headboard was stained by some darker spots that seemed to be dried splashes of some thick liquid and which I found impossible to remove by scrubbing or to cover up with varnish. I placed this bedstead bed bob, bed bob in a, a room known as number 37. The first guest that occupied the room um, with the bed bob in it a cattleman from the near El pa- from near El Paso, which, with about as much imagination as a gatepost, a little after he had retired, that a little after he had retired, the night clerk and I heard a fearful yell from number thirty-seven, and a fierce banging on the door, which finally broke open, and out fell the cattleman 
and his nightclothes, trembling all over, his big body as if in argue, and dripping with cold perspiration. Look at the bed, look at the bed, he gasped. Good Lord, I'm afraid he's dead. He ran to the bed and finding and finding it all right, concluded that he only had a nightmare, but he persisted that when he, he had put his lamp out that lay beside him on the bed, a man with his throat cut and bleeding, in spite of the way he laughed at him, was found, um, found it impossible to get him to return to bed, so I was obliged to give him another room. A few nights after, a lady occupied number 37, and as before, a scream was heard that rang through the house, coming eventually of coming from that room. When the chambermaid went to Miss B's assistance, she found her utterly in, um, insensible on being restored. She relayed the same story the catamaran had told, um, starting that she had got into the bed and it was apparently empty, but on putting the lamp, the moonlight but, but on putting the lamp, the moonlight, screaming into the room, revealed the dim outlines of a man lying beside her, with his throat cut from ear to ear. Hearing this, I began to throw, grow alarmed for, to say the least. It was a curious conf- um, confidence that both people, unknown to each other, had the same dream. I requested the chambermaid for, um, to remain with the lady until she could fall asleep, but I had scarcely regained my own room before both of the women came running out into the hall screaming in um, concert. I've seen it, sir, cried the chambermaid, and, it, and it's a ghost, for I can swear it. It wasn't there when I put the light out, Miss B said. She had... Um, seen the bloody specter when the serpent um, extinguished the flame, that she might go to the sleep, sleep sooner and instead of going to their rival hotel. I knew there was no hope for either of the women to keep keeping their singular adventure to themselves, and that if I did not wish my establishment to be ruined by the reputation of being haunted, I must at once find some practical explanation for the circumstances. I still persuade myself to believe that some shadow thrown by the canopy above or the headboard caused the delusion, so I resolved to occupy the room and the bed on the following night. First satisfying myself that there was no one concealed in the room to play a trick on me, I lay down on the bed without moving my clothes. Having a lamp beside me that I could lower to a um, tread of light or brighten in brilliancy as I chose, my eyes were um, attracted by the stains on the headboard that that to my um, heated imagination seemed singularly fresh. And so strong was the impression of me and all the and the being still wet that I put out my hand to touch them, but was seized by such a sudden horror of the spots that I could not help drawing back 
I got up and plunged my head into ice water, for I wished to keep my brain cold. I mentioned um, this that you may all, all know that I was wide awake. Getting back into bed, I lowered the lamp and then glanced at the opposite side of the bed. My heart nearly jumped out of my mouth, for lying beside me, with his ghostly face turned full to mine, was a man whose head was nearly severed from his body. The light on the full moon screamed in the uncurtained window and revealed the entire figure as plainly almost as day. The day could have done. He, f he fixed glassy-eyed, glaring with unspeakable horror, seemed to gaze right into mine, and his outreached clenched hand to clench at me. Every detail of his dress is clearly, clearly imprinted on my mind, for I noted all in a kind of, um, fattest, fan whatever. He wore a dark pair of pants, white shirt, um, then reeking with his life with his lifeblood from the gapping wound in his throat and was in his sh um, shocking feet. I, sorry. Um, these don't really make sense because the print is so small and I had to copy it and paste it from so many websites that it's kind of like, sorry, I don't know what that is. It's kind of like weird. I should probably go blow my nose. It's getting so stuffy for me reading these stories. We still have one more to go, so I guess we're going to go on a break because we've already been recording for 25 minutes. So I'll get back to you in a second after this short break. Get back from that break. Um, I think that audio was weird. I think you heard me like cutting into a sentence, but whatever. Um, I'm just getting this stuff ready for the last story. Um, while I'm doing that, we could, I'm just going to talk about, I know I've kind of already said what I'm going to do, but this is a weird time. Um, so the Sleepy Star Podcast is doing things that are like, it's usually bedtime stories and stuff, but now, and meditations, but now I'm going to do stuff that's going to, like, help people, well, I hope helps people feel better about what's going on right now, because I really don't know, no one really knows what's going on right now. So, the Sleepy Star Podcast is just there to help people, and, uh, oh, could you hear that? Could you hear the difference? I was putting the screen over the microphone, and you can probably hear the difference. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, but that's what Okay. Just put that there. Bye-bye. Okay, stop. Um, so that's what the Sleepy Stars podcast. Sleepy Star Podcast is doing. Um, useless Information Podcast is doing the same stuff it does every day. Miss um, Peculiar is doing a little more. She's doing some episodes now. She really needs a microphone. She needs some podcast I'm training. I'm going to help her with that. Um, she said, I think she's actually doing pretty good for just starting. 
And she says, I really need help because it's terrible. But I think it's not too bad because she she's only been doing it for, like, three weeks. Um, so I'll help her with that. I'm going to help her get a microphone. And so she has a podcast, too. It's called The Amazing Words Podcast. Um, you can go check that out. Um, they're only, like, five minutes long. But they're still pretty good. Um... I guess we can go into our last story of the day. Okay. The Goose Clock of Boston. A named quant coastal town in Massachusetts was once home to a strange phenomenon known as the Goose Clock. In January 1899, the Boston Transcript investigated the home of Mrs. Pittman, the Red and from Reed's Hill, who owned an old clock, or at least the case of an old clock, clock in recent years. It had, begun to, it had begun to tick. According to the Boston transcript, even the most um, skeptical had been obliged to admit its existence in mysterious working and to confess their inability to explain the power that controls it or to the advantage any responsible theory upon the subject. It has been visited and examined by thousands during the past few years by clergymen, scientists, and other and others of learning and ex- of learning and experience. And they have all come to come any they've and they have all come anyway satisfied satisfied that there was no delusion or trick, um, trickery in what was they witnessed, and filled with wonder at what they had seen and heard. Could a simple clock case really astound scientists with its unusual phenomenon? The case was described as being simply a wooden case of an old-fashioned clock. Um, it could not work at all, and containing nothing but a coiled wire that once was a part of the inner workings. The original owner was Mrs. Pittman's father, and to her recollection, the clock had no pendulum or mechanism when it was in his ownership. For some reason, it was highly prized by her father, and was always kept on the mantle, um, of a seldom occupied room on the second floor of the house. The Pittmans um, were church-going people and not known for being spiritualists or believing in the paranormal. However, one evening, quite early, Mrs. Pittman heard the clock strike clearly and distinctively, and in her perfect order, and it as if it was in perfect order. When the um, stroke ceased, Miss Pittman turned to her father to express her surprise. When his father said, It is striking for me. I'm going away. She laughed in disbelief, but old man Pittman added, I mean that I'm going, never to return. Strangely and very suddenly, a few days later, the old gentleman died. Mrs. Pittman scarcely thought that of her father's words until one day the clock began to tick as if um, it was in full working order. She called for her brother, and together they stood silently still listening to the motionless tick-tock of the invisible pendulum with no explanation for what 
could have caused the sounds. I'm believing that it was was a um, portrait of death, like his late father claimed, or that somehow his father's ghostly ghost may be responsible for responsible for um, menu blah 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 the clock. The brother contacted several clockmakers to investigate the sounds. After weeks of investigation, the clockmakers could not explain the strange ticking within the case. Whether we are dealing with real contact with the dead in the case or not, Miss Pittman's soon found that the clock was um would reply to questions um that could be answered by a simple yes or no, and the responses were um always sensible and accurate while predicting the future. The house was now open to visitors coming from far and wide to communicate with alleged spirits while asking the clock for answers. The transcript reported these answers um, would come not only from uh, from her own benefit, but for those for the others as well. So that many have consulted it through her. Miss Pittman's um, mediumship is such and such, and can be called and ways with um, satisfactory results. At times, when the visitors are musical, there um, would be hearing a tinkling. They would, there will be heard a tinkling, as if an invisible finger were picking on the wire. And upon one occasion, there there came to the astonished ears of a lady opening notes of an heir, which had been the favorite of a recently deceased relative. So was the clock a communication device to the dead, or was it merely invested with Dutch watch beetles far from making clicking noises, especially at night? So that was the last story for today. I'm sorry that there weren't any murder stories or alien stories. But I really hope you enjoyed. Um, what was that? I don't know. Um, that was something weird. I was getting on, just getting all my stuff together to record. And I was sitting on my chair. And my chair has these bolts that are kind of like sagging down. And they're like making my chair lean back. So I was leaning back a little bit. And I felt like two finger, like three fingers grab my side, like, a little bit above my waist, like, like, if you took your, like, where your belly button is, and take your finger to the right, that's exactly where it felt like something grabbed me, and I jolted back, and there was nothing there, so I don't know what it was, but that was kind of creepy, um, Please send in your ghost stories to gloomystar.ghost at gmail.com and you can get our merch and our bath bombs if you email gloomystar.ghost at gmail.com with subject line ghosts, I'm not ghosts, shirts or bath bombs. Um, so you can do that. Um, the bath bombs are $10 each plus shipping if we have to ship them. I'm not really sure. If you could just come pick them up, you don't have to pay for shipping. But they are $10 each, and plus shipping, which will be $5. So, 
Thank you so much for listening to this, I hope, wonderful episode of the Gloomy Star Podcast. Um, Remember, you're never alone. If you find a creepy doll in the woods, never bring it home. If someone with a knife asks you to come to the basement, never go. And always go somewhere with your friends. Like, if you need to go, like, pick something up at the gas station, go with your friends. But don't go to the gas station right now. You should stay home. Don't go, go go anywhere, okay? Stay home. Listen to my podcast. Listen to all the Star Radio Production podcasts. And, yeah. Just do that. Don't go anywhere. Please don't go anywhere. Thank you so much. And remember, you're never alone. And bye-bye.